Good morning, everybody. How are you today? <laughs> My wife and I are very blessed. We are spoiled this week <laughs> by uh, Brother Andy and his family. And I am honored, I feel honored this morning to share God's Word with you this morning. And, and I'm going to share a little bit about my, my testimony. Please open your Bibles in Leviticus chapter 6. And we're going to read from verse 8 till verse 13. I, I don't preach in English very often, so uh, uh, I, I, know, I know I speak funny, but uh, you, you do too, so I think that's okay. <laughs> I think that's okay. Leviticus 6, verse 8 through 13. <clears throat> it says, The Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons this command. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar hearth throughout the night till morning, and the fire must be kept burning on the altar. The priest shall then put on his linen clothes and linen undergarments next to his body, and shall remove the ashes of the burnt offering that the fire has consumed on the altar and place them beside the, beside the altar. Then he is to take off the, these clothes and put on others and carry the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and they burned the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It, it must not go out. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we have come before you to praise and worship you. Speak to us this morning. Thank you for your Holy Spirit because he is our great teacher. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Leviticus uh, tells us about the, the fire on the Jewish altar. Uh, and it says the fire shall ever be burning on the altar. And, 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 also, and also says uh, that the fire had to always be burning so that burnt sacrifice could be offered at any, any time. Now, there is, no, there is no longer a Jewish altar, altar because, because of the Finnish work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Nowadays, the altar is our heart. At the time of the Old Testament or old cabinet, there were many activities or events that 
are shadows or symbols today. They represent, they represent principles for our time, for the time of grace. In the scripture that we just read, we find the elements in offering sacrifices. The first element was the altar. The second one, the offering, what they sacrificed before God. The third was the fire on the altar. And that's the name of my message this morning to you. Keep your fire burning. And the, uh, like I said, the fire on the altar was, was very important for God because two or three times he said the fire must be kept burning on the altar. And I, I, I found the word fire 549 times in the Bible. So what does the altar mean to us nowadays? Means a place of a counter with God. In this case, of a counter with, with God. To, today, like I said, today the altar represents our hearts, our, our worship, our praise, our, our repentance before, before God. It, it also represents our, our service to others. And today, the fire symbolizes the, the presence of the Lord, your, your passion for His presence, your passion, your hungry heart for His Word. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 20, says that Noah offered a born offering before, before God, and... and and it says it was a pleasing smell before, before him. In other words, God likes the, the fire, likes your passion for his word, for his presence, for his Holy Spirit. So if you, if you want to please God, don't lose your, your, your passion for his presence, for, for his God. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, says that, that John the Baptist, so John was a Baptist preacher. <laughs> John said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than, than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. In Greek, the word fire means to purify, means to be burning, to have passion. The teaching in Leviticus for us is, is God wants us to have passion for his presence, for his word, for praying and living according to his will. Don't forget this. The altar is our hearts, 
now, nowadays. Now, how we keep the fire burning? Number one, having a hungry heart for God. In Luke chapter 6, verse 21 says, Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. When, when I became a, a new believer in Jesus, I, I discovered that salvation gives you a relationship with Jesus. But when you have a hungry heart, make, makes you to know Jesus better, more and more. After I graduated from the Bible school, I went to my dormitory and, and I said, God, I, I want to have my own experience with you. I don't want just to know about you, but to know you. <laughs> not, not just to know about you from famous preachers, from reading books, but, but to have my own experience. Number two, prayer. If, if you don't have a, a hungry heart, a burning heart for God, you will not pray. <laughs> you will not spend time in prayer. I remember one time when uh, I think my wife and I had about one, one year of getting married. Uh, about one in the morning, she woke me up, and she asked me if I love her, and I said, ah, go back to sleep, ah, we, you know I love you, we will talk tomorrow, <laughs> but uh, how many of you know that that happens when you don't tell your wife that you love her, and the same thing with, with, with prayer. In Luke 11, 2, it says, he said, Jesus, he said to them, when you pray, it doesn't say, if you pray, <laughs> if you pray, it doesn't say that. In fact, in another translation says, you should pray, Luke 11, 2, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Number three, don't lose your first love. First love is like your passion that you have for God when, when you got saved. Jesus said in Revelation 2, 4, New King King James Version, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Number, number four, serve others. When your heart is on fire, uh, you, you, you serve God, you serve others, but not for position, power or money, but because you, you love God, you love the, the, the people. In Matthew 22, 37 says, Love the Lord 
your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 30, says, 1 Kings 18, verse 30, they came to him, to Elijah, it's talking about Elijah, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Let the Holy Spirit to restore your altar, your, your heart. It says, he repaired the altar of, of the Lord, which had been torn down. Don't forget this, that the altar represents our hearts. It means that sometimes we must allow the Holy Spirit to restore our, our hearts. And I believe we need restoration when we can go for days without praying, when we, have no, uh, no, when we don't have a hungry heart for God's presence, when we don't read our, our Bibles. And for us, as, as preachers, we read, we read our Bibles just to preach. <laughs> and when we don't get excited about going to, to church, or we can engage in sin in our lives without feeling guilty about it, when we don't walk in love and acceptance towards others, when we allow gossip, when we walk in pride, bad tempers in our relationships with, with others, when we have excuses for not to serving God, when we have broken, broken hearts. In verse uh, 33, says, he arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, fill four large, large jars with water and pour it on the offering. And on the wood, do it again, he said. And they did it again. Do it a, a third time, he ordered. And they did it in the third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. I know you have read this uh, story. And, and you know that they, they had a great revival. And, and if, if, we, if, we want, if we want a revival in our communities, in our cities, in our nations, first, we need a revival in our hearts. <laughs> now, if, if you want fire, you don't pour water. <laughs> but the story is, the Bible says that they poured water. Why? Because in this case, water represent, represents God's word. God's word. And you cannot live in fire with, with God just listening uh, a message once a week, once a month, 
or praying just for eating. <laughs> Verses 38 and 39 says, Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. So we can see God extended His hand. God manifested Himself. They had a, a great revival. A great revival. And, and you probably came this, this morning just to listen to a short Guatemalan preacher. <laughs> but, I, but I came to tell you from God, keep your fire burning. Do not let it go out. Don't lose your first love. <laughs> when, when, when I was a child... Uh, when, uh, I cannot say when I was little because I'm still little. <laughs> but uh, however, when, when, uh, when I was a child, uh, both of my parents were alcoholic. Uh, alcoholism is a big problem in our area, in our country, in our culture. So in, in fact, every relative that I had known was an alcoholic. And, and my dad abandoned us when I was six years old. And I, and I went to live with, with my grandmother. But my grandmother practiced uh, witchcraft, and she was an alcoholic as well. And I was raised up into uh, ex extreme uh, poverty, uh, working living basically uh, the dump garbage. So my brothers and my four brothers and I uh, just to dig into the trash, looking for something to sell, to wear, to eat, wh whatever. Uh, sometimes or many times we complain about anything in life, uh, traffic or weather, wh whatever. But those families that work at the dump, or the people who work at the dump, have nothing. They look for something to eat or sell for recycle, plastic bottle, cardboard, whatever. So when I was a child, my brothers and I used to work uh, at the dump and I can remember that day I, I was digging into the trash and, and uh, a lady, a missionary from Texas, came up to me. And, uh, and she didn't speak any Spanish, but I guess she learned that simple but powerful phrase, Jesus loves you. Jesus te ama, she said. And that was the first time that I heard someone love me. That was the first time that I, I did not feel rejected. Because when I was 11, I was uh, raped and my heart 
uh, was full of anger, uh, hate uh, against my, my, my dad. I said, why my, my dad did, did not protect me of this experience? Why I, I, I had hate against God? And uh, tried to commit suicide uh, twice. And, and like I said, I can, can remember that, that experience, that day, like it was yesterday. That lady came down to my country and came up to me uh, and said, Jesus loves you. And then she brought her interpreter and shared the gospel with me. And I received uh, Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And of course, that changed my whole life. Because now I, didn't, I did not want to go back to my old life. I didn't want to drink and smoke my weed and all those bad things. Uh, and... Now, now I, I wanted to have an experience with God. And, of course, I didn't know how to pray, God. And I said, God, here, here is my life. Just do whatever you want with me. A uh, couple of months later, that lady asked me if I wanted to go to the Bible seminary. So I said, yeah, I, I would love to. And after I, I graduated from the Bible uh, school, um, I didn't know what was my true calling from God. So I went to my dormitory, shut the door, and prayed and prayed. And God spoke to my heart and said, you're going to preach and teach my word. And I said, no way, I can't do that. I cannot do that. Uh, and, and God spoke to my heart a, a second time, and he said, you're going to teach and preach my word. And a couple of uh, weeks later, he opened the doors for me to teach uh, children. And uh, like Pastor Philip said, uh, God is leading us to plant uh, an, a new church. And there is a, there is a great need uh, of sharing the gospel in our area. And we appreciate your, your prayers. Those who, who are going, uh, who have gone to our country to share the gospel. Uh, I, I believe that... Uh, True missions is not just doing good works <laughs> uh, or feeding people, but sharing the gospel. And that's number one in our vision statement. Share the gospel. <laughs> Share the gospel. I think God has given me a heart for those families that work at the dump because I have been there. Um, sadly, uh, my oldest brother died for 
an overdose of drugs, and my youngest brother as well, same situation. And I had the opportunity to preach at the funeral of my youngest brother. And I praise God because I had the opportunity to lead my, my parents to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Uh, they were separated. Now they're, they're living together, serving, serving God, going to, to church. Uh, and I praise God for, for, for that. And so, so keep us in, in your prayers because, like I said, God, I believe God is leading us to plant a new, a new church and share, share the gospel with people who work at the Dome and in our city, in, in our, our town, in our town. So uh, <laughs> uh, thank you for the opportunity to, to preach God's word this morning. And, and uh, <laughs> I, praise, I praise God with all my heart because now I have the opportunity to, ch- to touch others' lives, how, uh, how Jesus did for, for, for me. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. I'm thank you. Okay. <laughs> thank you.